back to Business Intelligence. My name is Dr. Wei Chun Wan, and I'm here with uh, Joey DeGangji. Hey, everybody. Have you thought about why people are generally so overwhelmed by the phrase of digital transformation, especially business owners? Mm. Because it is a daunting task to think about how to transform your business digitally, right? Right. And I, I think, you know, we talked about how business owners need to be adaptive, but Undoubtedly, if I could afford not to be adaptive, I don't want to change, mm -hmm. right? So we've recently talked about this um, in using the Microsoft Office Suite, right? right. Like we right. have to pay an annual subscription fee just so that we could keep using the tool, be that Excel, Word, or PowerPoint. Right. But if you come to think about it, the alternatives of Excel, PowerPoint, and Word they do exist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's free of charge. I mean, you know, right. talking about Google uh, Suite, the, the service suite on, on Google, you, there's Google Doc, Google uh, Sheet, and, and Google Slides. Yeah. They yeah. are positioned to replace Microsoft Office Suite. Oh, yeah, and they offer, you know, everything on on the drive. So you, that kind of that's, that, that substitutes a service like Dropbox. Right. And comparatively, by price, it's it's not even close. And even you could you, apply for a, for a free account. You don't necessarily right. have to pay Google anything. You could still get access to those tools. Right. Yet they couldn't replace Microsoft the Microsoft's business model. No. Microsoft, as a matter of fact, Microsoft is still charging people away. Yeah, they haven't really changed their their so pricing strategy. Exactly. So it, it it goes to show how people are not willing to change something that they are already used to. Yeah. But digital transformation is something that we cannot avoid from talking because it's so relevant and eminent at, at this point. You know, digital transformation um, relates mostly to how you utilize data. Mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly, for all the business uh, owners that we've had conversations with, most of them don't even realize that's an issue. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a, that's a big issue. Right, right. I think there's kind of like almost like a misconception in the marketplace that when you see digital transformation, I think the first instinct is that it means transforming every every aspect of your business. But, you know, realistically, when we have that conversation about digital transformation with a client, you know, it's finding one or two key processes that we can, you know, either enhance, replace with something better. Right. But you're not trying to revolutionize the entire business. You're trying to take an iterative approach to improve key workflows. So you're talking about starting small. Yeah. And I like that approach because people generally think that, oh, you know what? A transformation, it's such it's a everything. big scale. It's yeah. everything. And it's going to affect my livelihood um, and lifeblood. Not necessarily. There no. are small things that you could do. And and for those people that still think that it's, it's totally um, avoidable that we don't have to talk about transformation or digital transformation in, in, in your business, that, I believe, is a wrong mentality because also, yeah. I, I hate to start yet another episode by saying, oh, because of a pandemic or, mm -hmm. well, this is the new norm. This, we should treat it as a normalcy at this point. Yeah. That's a given. I mean, we're living in a post-pandemic moment. Right. During the pandemic, it, the digital transformation uh, pace has been accelerated, yeah. whether you like it or not. And that's important, too the pandemic was an accelerant, not a, not a cause. No. It's not, it didn't start with the pandemic. It's not going to end with the pandemic. The trends were already there. I mean, look at the softwares that we've, you know, now everybody's right. become an expert in, like the Google suite, like uh, Zoom, 
Right. Those all predate the pandemic. They just became infinitely more valuable during, you know, during the crazy times. And they're, you know, now more people are used to them afterwards, but they were there. The trend was already there in the marketplace. That just accelerated and brought everybody up to speed. Right. And if you don't believe what we're talking about, I mean, go on LinkedIn or go on Indeed.com and yeah. you search uh, some newly innovative titles in uh, mid-sized or large-sized corporations. You know, for, you know, we, we added so many different titles to the C-suite. Uh, mm. positions. Right, right. You have chief data officer, chief innovation officer, chief uh, digital officer. They're all related to digital transformation, mm-hmm. right? And and whether you like it or not, you have unutilized digital resources within your organization and you just don't know about it. And oftentimes the data idea um, is related to, you know, something that happens in real time. And because the, 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 the nature of the data, for example, like your sales data, right. that happens in real time, because of the nature of the data is so big and unstructured, you don't even think how analyzing that could benefit your whole entire uh, business process. Mm-hmm. Or most likely, it's probably because it's too costly for you to think about how you, how you utilize the big unstructured and real-time data so that you miss out the opportunity to uh, to make that transition and to leverage it so that your business um, uh, process could be benefited. Right. Especially if, you know, you, you, know, it's, you have all your day-to-day operation, you have all of these other things that you need to focus on trying to, you know, cultivate a new skill and learn how to take advantage of all this, you know, influx of information. That's a challenge. Right. So, you know, there, there are several things I want to talk about, right? Uh, there is robotic automation. Mm-hmm. Um, or robotic process automation, people call it RPA. There is machine learning and artificial intelligence tools. Like we've talked about uh, a little bit of about artificial intelligence and machine learning tools in the past in our episodes. Robotic process automation is something that people generally don't understand mm-hmm. what that means, right? And you, again, follow the traditional ways of dealing with your business. You you. Think about, you know, what type of personnel that you have to hire to maintain your operations. Right. And you spend little or no time in thinking about whether or not there are tools or software solutions that exist that could help you, you know, um, save the personnel cost. And, and so with all these tools available that you don't know about, actually there are solutions that, that exist to help you manage the data, uncover new insights about the customers to better your business process, reduce human errors, and basically generally just drive efficiency to improve your business operations. And that, to me, is a big missed opportunity, mm-hmm. yet again. Um, you know, I'm, So I'm looking at this report that, that's, that was recently published by uh, KPMG, one of the big four public accounting firms, that talked about you know, the train of digital transformation. So after the pandemic, they actually did a survey. Uh, they tried to solicit and gather insights from 315 CEOs at large uh, global companies, and in, that includes 100 CEOs in the United States. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Majority of the CEOs identify digital transformation is a relevant train, uh, particularly in the post-pandemic moments. The survey was done in the end of 2020. Mm. Um, so here it is. 74% of the respondents think that the digitization of operations 
and the creation of next generation operating model is necessary, mm. right? And there's also, again, 75% of the respondents out of the 315 CEOs that they survey recognize that the creation of a seamless digital customer experience is necessary. Right. And there's also 66% of the CEOs that responded to the survey argue that the creation of new workforce model with human workers augmented by automation and artificial intelligence is necessary and inevitable. Mm. Right. So what does that mean? You see all these large companies that are focusing on this new digital train and they're willing to invest in those digital trains. And you as a business owner, if you're not following suit, if you're not, if you're still living in the mentality that, oh, you know what, as long as I get comfortable with the existing tools that I'm, I'm using right now, I'd be set. That to me is a very, very dangerous idea. Right. And, and in the post-pandemic world, again, what is the most important thing? You have all these data and tools available to you, yet you don't have the time to explore all these possible solutions that'll, that'll benefit your business process. Where do we start, right? Joey, I mean, do you want to share a, a couple of client examples or case studies that we have come across and that maybe give people a little bit of idea of, you know, how small they could start with respect to, um, you know, digital transformation? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, they're, they're, like you said, there are a few. So let's look at, uh, you know, one company that works with a lot of, uh, you know, other, other business clients. And let's look at another that works primarily with, uh, you know, consumers. So when we have a company that uh, they work with consumers a lot, uh, you know, think about all of the different places that you that you interact with your audience. You know, you have your Twitter, you have your Instagram, you have your Facebook, you have email, you have maybe, a, in their case, a chat bot on the website, all of these different places. Now, one of the things when you were talking about KPMG's report that I think really needs to be highlighted, the, the, my, my favorite word in that last, one of the last stats that you read off was augmenting. Mm-hmm. the workforce right not replacing not right. ever to the point where you know we can create such a a, a robust chat bot that's going to completely uh, you know uh relieve any customer service uh, personnel no the, the point is trying to make people's jobs easier help right. help the humans you have behind the scenes process all of the data more efficiently uh and have an easier time accessing it mm-hmm. that's another part of it mm-hmm. So in their case, this this particular client that we were serving, they had probably about ten different touch points with ten different logins, um, and it was you know they did a really good job of meeting the customer where they are. Like right. that's not to be discouraged. Like taking right. advantage of all these systems that are in existence, mm-hmm. you need to do that because that is now the expectation of of the, the standard consumer. If I reach you on Twitter, I want you right you know, tweeting right back to me. If I email you, same thing. I want to always be able to reach you wherever you are. That's right. good or bad. That, that's the reality of it. Right. So they have all of these different touch points. And so what they really needed was they needed a system in place that processes every different, uh, every different inquiry that they receive mm-hmm. and being able to share it in one place that makes it really easy for you to understand who submitted it, where, where was it submitted, so I can go back, address the problem wherever it's been, uh, or, or even compliment when, when the customer says thank you. But re, uh, address the... Uh, comment the uh, the co- the question anything like that wherever wherever it was submitted in as you know as close to real time as possible. Mm-hmm. So in our case, what we what we did to uh, to fulfill that was we built a dashboard that 
aggregates all of this different data coming in uh, and then reports to the relevant personnel or right. you know, multiple personnel at the same time, hey, here's where you need to go address this. Right. Um, and again, that's augmenting the right. exist, like your existing team. So you actually mentioned two dimensions, right? So there is one part of it that is to deal with the process, right? right. So you are trying to streamline the process, handling the 10 different touch points of their social media accounts uh, just to do the, the job of, to serve customers better. Right. And there's another dimension that is building the dashboard because building the dashboard means that you are providing intelligence to improve it upon your existing business process right. for future references, right? right? And, and unfortunately for a lot of us, particularly small to mid-sized businesses, they, they focus way too much on how they generate revenue and for, forget about preserving capabilities and capacity for them to grow exponentially into the future. Right. Yeah. And and we've seen, we're talking about like you know, uh, mid-sized business that have that have um, uh, personnel between anywhere between fifty to seventy people, mm. and, and these organizations, they have, you know, data being housed in different divisions and different departments. They forget about the importance of integrating all these data points. They don't centralize all the data. Right. So by the point when you want to grow you do not have the resources to revamp the process for all divisions. And to me, that's very dangerous and risky. Yeah, and that kind of, we, we, we talk about this all the time, but the difference between information and intelligence. Correct. You know, the first step is getting all of that information into one place because you have it coming from all these different touch points. But then the second part is right. how is it, how do you make it actionable? How do you make it, you know, something that you can use in at the, you know, if it takes you, 20 minutes to sort out an immediate customer complaint, that's not really helpful. So we, we started this episode by talking about how digital transformation, the idea of digital transformation could be overwhelming. Right. And we also talked about how you could potentially start small. Now take this one example, right? So we've served a lot of clients that are in the paper-heavy industry. Mm, right? yeah. They're in the professional service industries. And they have a lot of paperwork that need to be signed, right? Right. But they don't know. The, they don't have the right tools. They're re, they are still relying upon, you know, uh, the documentation, you know, paperwork and all mm -hmm. that. Just the, for, for very simple signature, you don't have the tool to deal with that right. electronically, right? And during the pandemic, that actually has caused, you know, particularly challenges because people cannot, you know, meet with one another. Right. And how do you collect the paperwork? And you know. If you're talking about being trying to be contactless, mm -hmm. signing paper is definitely not uh, no, one procedure no. that you wanna you wanna you wanna continue doing. There are tools that exist, very cheap too. I mean, people heard about DocuSign. I mean, DocuSign is pretty expensive, but there are alternatives. Right. You know, like for example, DataSign by KDN Mobile or Penadoc or HelloSign. Right. You know, they're not too expensive. And we're talking about less than $100 a year. You have one account that handles pretty much all signatures that you need. That by itself is a tool that could enhance your workflow, yet bring you, you know, one step closer to accomplish the goals of transforming your business digitally. Right. 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 And, and, and not only that, I mean, I remember when I was working in the professional service, service industry, preserving documents is always a top priority because mm -hmm. you you want to make sure that you have the capabilities to hand, handle future audits. You want to make sure that whenever the clients uh, come back to you, you have the right documentation to show them that um, 
that you establish records right. uh, of, of the service. But right now, it's everything is different. You have cloud services everywhere. Yeah. But do you have the infrastructure ready to integrate with the cloud services that exist? That is the problem, right? right? And if you right now are still thinking about you know how to start, you really are already late in the game. Yeah. So what would we say to that client? We would say, you know, identify, you know, a, a, a key process. So in the two examples that you and I just gave, one was how do we connect with our with our customers better? The other was how do we get more contracts signed more efficiently? Correct. We're not saying go reinvent your business. We're not right. saying, you know, every like everything has to go in with you know out with the old in with the new. We're right. saying find some areas that you know could be faster. Right. Survey the technology that exists and see if there's a simpler solution. Right. That's really where that conversation starts. And you might find that, you know, if you're in an industry that really hasn't seen a lot of change in the, you know, past several years, maybe most of it can be augmented. Maybe you're in an industry that is a little bit more, uh, you know, tech technologically savvy. And there's one or two things internally that you can just do a little bit more efficiently. Mm -hmm. But start with just identifying those key workflows and, and kind of build from there. That's how that transformation process really needs to start. And don't get me wrong. There will always be internal struggles. When you're oh, yeah. trying to deploy <laughs> new solutions, there will always be people that are not used to the idea. Right. And they get overwhelmed. Right. So, yeah. so for example, take the electronic signatures uh, industry or yeah. service as an example. That is a growing business. Right. Right. So you have, you know, all these service providers trying to get a share of the market because that's what's needed at this point. I mean, mm -hmm. people want to, um, you know, use the electronic signature, uh, signature service, especially after the pandemic. Um, but there are people that argue, oh, how about legal sig uh, signatures, electronic mm. signatures? They don't carry the same, um, you know, uh, legal requirements right. as the paper signatures. You want to talk about notary? Like, how how did notaries work during the pandemic? Yeah, so that we uh, we encountered a couple of times. It's it's right. interesting. I mean, the more we found out about, it, the more we realized that you know yeah. the uh, regulations have not and and probably never will be always up to speed nope. with the technology available. Nope. In this particular uh, segment, uh, notaries are something that, you know, there's every state has its own uh, requirements. So already off the bat, you know, you're dealing with potentially, if you're a U.S.-based company, 50 right. different uh, or as many as 50 different sets of regulations you have to watch for. <laughs> but if you're if you're a notary, um, you know, by definition, it needs to be in person. But as we right. found in certain states during the pandemic times, they were either lifting or, or changing some of those requirements so you know, so work could continue. So you can still notarize documents in a safe and, and legally enforceable way right. while also not having to, you know, put different people's health at risk by, by meeting in person. So already they were in that uh, awkward situation. Exactly. And then, yeah, they, uh, that, that industry is starting to catch up. That's another example of right. the pandemic accelerating the change. It wasn't, if you ask a notary, and we did talk to a couple of notaries, they were saying, yeah, we, we've been trying to push for this for some time. Like that right. still, the conversation predates the pandemic, yes. but the pandemic sped up. Absolutely. And what, for people that worry about the legality, I mean, again, starting small, right? I mean, right. there are certain signatures. For example, we're talking about process, right? How do you digitize the process using the tools um, available? As simple as utilizing electronic sig uh, signature service to deal with the legality. I mean, mm -hmm. people talk about, 
uh, they worry uh, the the whether the signatures meet the legal requirements. Well, start small. Right. How about how about expense report? How about reimbursement process? Your internal reimbursement process. That by itself, you could utilize electronic signature. Right. Right. And then, so where 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 do we come in? Well, you know what? That's just the first step. How do you integrate electronic signature signature service to benefit your entire business process? When we come back, we're going to give you more specific examples to talk about, you know, how utilizing um, the integration um, and and combining all these different services could benefit your business process. Stay tuned. Here at WD Strategies, we help our clients develop leads, provide integration services, and expand their revenue model. We combine our consulting experiences and technological expertise to build business solutions. If you're interested in taking your business to another level, Click on the link below or visit wd-strategies.com to schedule a free consultation. All right, welcome back. So we left off, we were talking about this whole idea of digital transformation and some of the different ways to implement depending on where in the journey you're at. Um, and then kind of one of the other questions that I think comes up a lot when we, when we speak with clients and when we start that conversation is, you know, where do we stand to benefit? Where is that going to be, you know, realized? Where does that come into play? As you grow your business, um, and it's inevitable that you oftentimes focus on the top line, right? right. So you want to enhance your revenue position. But, but please know this. Once your revenue position is enhanced to a level that's sustainable, the cost of goods sold is always going to be there, right? right? Your focus is not so much on the gross profit. You want to bring the money to the bank, right? So the bottom line is important, right? You mm-hmm. want to gatekeep the bottom line. However... If you have some basic accounting training, you should know that what affects the bottom line is the operating expenses, right? right? So how do you handle the customer service? How do you handle the revenue come in? How will you handle it will dictate how much of a bottom line that you have left, right? And I think the missing point is the operational efficiency piece. If you have a bloated up operating expenses, you're not going to have too much of a bottom line. Right. So we could, we, could, we could look at uh, uh, sales generation as, as an example right. of right. one of those different operational workflows. So if, you, you know, if you've really worked over time to build a, you know, a strong brand for yourself, you have a, a steady number of inbound clients coming in uh, you know, or, or customers, depending on you know, if you're B2B or B2C, the, no, the next thing you need to look at is of all of these potential customers I have right. coming through, right. how many can I process how quickly can I process, yes. and how do we get them to conversion as efficiently as possible? And I think that's one of the areas that we'll find a lot of clients are, you know, there, there's, there, there's revenue left on the table. Right. If you can only, you know, if you only have a couple personnel dedicated to it, you know, you're limited by, by their hours. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the amount of time that they can put in and work with all of these different potential business, uh, you know, opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where you're, where you're going to be capped at. Right. Um, and so one of the things that you know will will help uh, implement for them mm-hmm. is a, a more efficient and automated system of qualifying those leads. Right. So you have them come in. You know, let's let's go back to this idea of the funnel. Mm-hmm. You know, at the very top, maybe you have a hundred people coming in as as potential clients. How do you figure out you know who 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 is going to go down to that next level? Who's just kind of peeking around your your website, wanting to see what's in there? You know, digitally window shopping. Mm-hmm. And who's a more serious, uh, you know, uh, customer? Right. 
you want you want to eliminate that first level as quick as possible so then you can dedicate all of your your time and energy towards the people that make it down further along that level have those conversations with them whether it's through uh, email, phone call, in-person meeting, however you do your, you know, your business, but start having those more meaningful conversations as quick as possible and eliminate those that are not quite ready to engage your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, who's going to make it further down all the way to the step of conversion. So what you describe sounds all great, right? But it's also daunting mm-hmm. to think about because if you were to break down what you just said into several pieces, there is, identifying who are interested in your services or purchasing your products, qualifying those leads, and then managing those leads. That includes the, re- the outreach services, right? And then at the end, you hopefully you create some sort of dashboard to inform your future process and decisions. All this sounds very daunting, especially for, for small to mid-sized business owners. Could you comment a little bit more on how one should begin yeah, and so this is something, I mean, you and, you and I have talked about this throughout this episode and others. This is an area that we really specialize in. So we'll help a lot of clients, uh, you know, kind of develop their sales process. Even when I was just giving that example a few minutes ago, you know, I started off, you know, with the assumption that you have the branding and the marketing and the advertising figured out to the point where you have that steady influx of new, uh, new leads to potentially be reaching out to. Um, so we would normally start there. Whenever we, whenever we're working with a client that wants to improve their their sales process, you know, the first question is, how are we doing on you know prospective clients? Mm-hmm. Is there that do you have that database of people that you can be reaching out to right now, mm-hmm. or is that the first thing that we're going to want to you know find some solutions for? So enhancing your digital footprint would be the first step. Yeah, and that can be done again depending on what you're doing. It can be done usually through some combination of. Uh, improving your search engine uh, visibility, uh, running more efficient advertising campaigns. And that's everything from how they're constructed to the creative that's used and to just measuring, you know, empirically which one is or isn't working for you. Or even just better the uh, checkout process if you have an e-commerce store. Right. Yeah. And there's and there's ways, you know, we'll walk clients through all these different ways that you can actually track where are they dropping off, why mm-hmm. are they dropping off, how far are they scrolling on the page. Mm-hmm. There are all of these ways, even when we get into... Uh, you know, more uh, qualitative characteristics, right. there's still ways to apply uh, analytics to, to measure them uh, and, and know what we're, what's, what's working, what's not working, and, and run experiments. Right. So we want to start there. Where are these people, you know, coming in? Or where, are they, where are we not getting them to come in enough from? Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, uh, you know, if you are selling in a you know, maybe professional service industry or some other uh, business-to-business area, there are other things like uh, making better use of your LinkedIn profile to help uh, you know, reach out to the professionals with whom you're connected, all of these other channels. But the first thing we, we, we really walk you through is making sure that you have enough potential people to be talking to. Mm-hmm. And then from there, this is when we get into now the qualification step. Mm-hmm. You know, we will work with a, a client, we'll construct a system of uh, you know, like going out, reaching out, and, and this is where we start to identify, are these true candidates to, to move forward with your business? Um, and we'll try to get that information back to the company as quick as possible. So either they or by, through working with us can take those follow-up steps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we say adaptive because with all the different uh, you know, types of clients we'll work with, for some that's, you know, making a phone call and, and just having a, you know, a fleshed-out conversation with a client, 
uh, for others, you know, if it's more, uh, especially in, in B2C uh, type of businesses, it's just making sure that we supply them with a, a steady stream of information. Uh, you know, there's one client, for example, they're selling uh, prototypes of a brand new product that they're bringing to market. In their case, you know, it's really about uh, educating the, the, the customer that's interested in kind of tracking this product as it moves through the stages of development. You know, even if you're that early stage, there is still uh, the whole process of identification, qualification, and eventually moving towards conversion to larger companies that we're, you know, that we're working with that they've got a, a full-fledged service that they're trying to ultimately get these clients to. And our job is to figure out, okay, who should we be booking uh, appointments with? Um, right. Who's going to be worth that? You know, like where, where do we want to allocate our limited personnel resources? Because everybody's limited in personnel resources. Right. right. Where should that go to get a more efficient return on investment at, at the end of every month? How do we make the most of that operating budget that we have? Right. So if you identify your business as something, some, somebody that uh, could use help like what we just prescribed, get in touch with us and uh, we'd be happy to sit down with you and evaluate your business and see how we could improve your business performance. Yeah, take a look in the uh, description, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to the podcast, we'll have a link there and you can, uh, you can meet with us. Absolutely.